Amen and amen. Come on, what a great day. What a great day. Great day to be in his presence. Uh, great day to dive into the word. Uh, here we are, uh, the last day of October, headed into this fabulous season of holidays. Uh, we have Thanksgiving and Christmas. What a, uh, just an incredible time of year. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm super excited about the holidays this year. And uh, super excited to uh, just to be with family and friends and connect. Uh, looking forward to some great food. It's, you know, it's going to be fabulous. And as we dive in and begin to prepare ourselves for the holidays, I just really wanted to share some things on my heart as it relates to our hearts and our lives being thankful. What it means to be full of thanks and the power that that has in our, in our lives. I think that you and I, if we were honest with ourselves, we have a, a lot to be thankful for. There are so many things that we can look back over our lives and, and we can see the hand of the Lord leading us and guiding us and, and, and moving mountains and doing miracles and seeing him do all of those things that we see as milestones. They're big. They're like Mount Rushmore moments. But if we were look really deep, we see him in the moments of every day, weaving a thread through our lives that we look back and see day by day, moment by moment, from big event to small event, he was faithful, and we have so much to be thankful for, yet we can spend so much of our time in our, our daily lives chasing so many other things that don't satisfy, and I think today like never before, I believe that the Lord is calling us to a heart of gratitude, to a heart of thankfulness, to a heart to remember. You see, when we choose to be thankful for our needs being met, and not controlled by our wants, all of a sudden, sudden, something begins to change in our lives. In our fast-paced culture that we live in, it's easy to fly through the day and realize that we never stopped to be thankful or to be grateful for some of these things that probably took place in your life. How many of you know, of course, we have a lot to be thankful for, like we woke up this morning. We have food that we can eat. We have a roof over our head. We have indoor plumbing. Thank you, Lord. Come on. We could take a hot shower. We are so blessed. We weren't afraid to leave our home. We have access to clean water. We Maybe even throughout the day, maybe you woke up early or in the evening saw something beautiful in a sunrise or a sunset. Maybe someone complimented you, gave you a compliment, gave or received a gift. We are so blessed. And if we really look, we look past all the problems in life that are plenty, I dare say we have way more blessings than we do troubles. 
typically we focus on the troubles, don't we? We take a look at the little things in our life that are not going well, and we we seem to focus in on that. That's the problem. That's the priority. Instead of being grateful for the hundreds, if not thousands, of things that we have to be thankful for. Something amazing happens in us when we begin to focus on all the good things that we are experiencing. Something happens in us. Listen to this. When we purposefully pursue gratitude, when we purposefully pursue a mindset of thankfulness. Come on, church, let's begin a journey of gratefulness that will captivate our hearts over the next few weeks that will literally, I believe, change the course of our lives. We started uh, working with, with our kids even as a, at a young age when, when we would pray or have a meal. We would, before we would pray, they had to give one thing they were thankful for, one thing they were grateful for, one positive statement of, of something that happened in the day. We wanted to ingrain in them the ability to be thankful and to be grateful for all the things that they had. Uh, I am thrilled uh, to share this next quote with you. I believe it's going to change your life from Winnie the Pooh. (laughs) Piglet noticed that even though he had a small heart, it could hold a rather large amount of gratitude. Even though he had a small heart, he realized that that heart could hold a ton of gratitude. We also know this, David Steindl Rash shares this incredibly powerful, powerful statement. The root of joy is gratefulness. The root of joy is gratefulness. If you want more joy in your life, if you want to uh, begin to experience happiness, which really comes from the depth of our heart, in a joyful walk and surrender to the Lord, something will begin to happen in your life when you allow the root of joy to take place in your life, and it starts by confessing with our mouth the great things that God has blessed us with. And we have a, a be able to begin to, to share that gratefulness. What an incredible, incredible idea. Gratitude is a practice. It's something that we have to practice. Like happiness is a choice. Did you know that? Happiness is a choice. You can choose to be happy. You can choose happiness in your life, no matter the circumstances, no matter the difficulties, no matter anything that is taking place in your life. We can still choose to walk in the Lord's joy. It it can penetrate our hearts. I want to explore with you the power that thankfulness can have in your life. I want to examine with you the, what a heart of gratitude can bring about in your life. And right now, I want to invite up a special guest that we have with us this morning. Church, would you give a big round of applause to Amber as she comes to the stage right now. Amber, come on up.
Amber is on staff at Mid-Michigan Teen Challenge, and this morning I invited her to be with us, and as she shares the next few moments, I just invite you to open your heart as she shares her personal life testimony with all of us. Amber, thank you so much for being here. We are so thankful that you're here sharing your, your story with us today. Would you just share a little bit of what's on your heart? Tell us a little bit about yourself and what, what the Lord has done really in your life for having me. I appreciate it. Um, so with gratitude, I would not be here if it was not for gratitude. I struggled with alcohol on and off for over 20 years. And like Pastor Kurt said, I'm on staff at Mid-Michigan Adult and Teen Challenge. And when I went into the program, I was in Covenant Hospital and I ended up there after being on an alcohol binge for over four months and I was drinking all day every day um, I truly did not want to live anymore my health was declining very very fast I had absolutely no hope no future I I saw no way out of where I was, but God had different plans in mind, and I was actually in Harbor Beach at the time, so I know God had a plan by bringing me to Saginaw because, as most of you probably know, Teen Challenge is right down the road, and so I woke up in the ICU, and the doctors told me that I was in kidney failure, liver failure. I had cirrhosis of the liver, and they said that I would need a liver transplant for any hope of a future. And I was absolutely devastated. I did not know what to do. I had not seen any of my family members in several years. My dad flew in from New Mexico. My mom ended up coming from northern Michigan, and seeing the look on their faces is something that I will never be able to forget as much as I wish I could forget it. And my dad's a police officer. Uh, my mom is in the medical field, and so that was really devastating to have to see the looks on their faces and to have to, you know, talk that through with them about something to do and you know like I said I had no hope I didn't know if there was really anything that I could do from there the doctors were saying there wasn't much of a chance and so but God put some hope in me you know that I could turn my life around and so I ended up going to Teen Challenge and it was really really hard in the beginning I could barely walk I felt absolutely defeated. The things that used to be so easy for me were a struggle. I could barely walk up and down the stairs. I remember pulling myself up the rail, you know, trying to go up and down the stairs. I would cry all the time. I had jaundice so bad that I could barely turn my head. Oh, but it was during that time that I learned to trust God. I learned to praise him in spite of my pain. I completely surrendered, and I decided that I was going to serve God whether I lived six more months or 40 more years. And he began to transform me from the inside out. And today I can say with a humble and a grateful heart that my life is completely different. My kidneys are completely healed. 
My liver's completely healed. I don't need a liver transplant. <laughs> um, the cirrhosis is gone. And this was all a process. I trusted God through this process. He built my faith in this process. It took, it took about 10 months for everything to completely turn around. And the doctors, I saw all of the same doctors during this process. And they say that there's no medical explanation as to how or why my health has turned around. <laughs> and that they don't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, I understand everything. I know that God has called me to something so much greater than the nightmare I chose to exist in. Um, he's made miracles for my mistakes. He's created beauty for my chaos. I have a relationship with Jesus. I know that his love for me will never change no matter what I do. I know that my worth is in him. And I went into Teen Challenge thinking that I needed a liver transplant. And what God did was he gave me a heart transplant instead. <laughs> <laughs> Because addiction is about the heart. Addiction is about, you know, pulling the roots of unforgiveness and bitterness and anger and changing our heart. And that's what I needed to do was God needed to heal my heart and mend my heart from the past. And today I have a different heart. And um, my family is completely restored because even after, my throat's getting dry, sorry, um, even after God healed um, my liver and my health and my mind, I did not think that my family could be restored because I walked away from my daughter who was three and I did not have the trust in God that he would be able to restore that relationship and he has completely restored that relationship in my life. <laughs> Oh, and I truly believe that without gratefulness and being grateful for every minute of every day and trusting him in the hard times that I would not have the relationships that I have today. So. Come on. Let's give a, <laughs> come on, let's give the Lord praise today. Come on, give her a big hand today. Oh my goodness. Wow. While you're standing, come on, let's just lift our hands one more time and give thankfulness and grateful hearts. God, we thank you that you still heal and deliver and set free. God, I pray if there's anyone in this room, even now, Lord, that you would begin to do a work in them. God, transform our hearts. Lord, so many times our focus is on our other needs, but Lord, our greatest need is that you touch our hearts. Lord, we thank you for this real life picture that we have before us today to know that you are able and you care about every area of our lives. Thank you, Lord, for Amber. Thank you for touching her. Thank you for her family. God, I pray that they would be blessed and continue to be made whole in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Again. <laughs>
Wow. Well, you just encountered someone who was grateful. Have you ever encountered someone who was ungrateful? Right? They have that uh, walk about them. They have that look upon them. Come on, the permanent Grinch is upon their face. They have the uncanny ability to suck the joy out of every celebratory thing in your life. Anything that is good, they, they can pull, or they walk around and they, they kind of have that, that vibe that the, the universe owes them, that the world owes them, that, that they have that there's, that. there's something about someone who is ungrateful, who has that, 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 that sense about them, and, and you sense it, you know it. Uh, it's very different. Hear me, that's very different than, than having a, a sense, you know, as we go through life, we meet, encounter ungrateful people. Uh, we understand, you know, those things. People who don't, don't you know, un- understand the, what they have and, and maybe they're blinded by that, whatever it might be. Maybe they're blinded by their own hurt, their own pain, maybe even their own selfishness or, or uh, you know, anything that might just kind of be veiling their eyes. And, and we take a look at them and we feel sad because they don't understand or know uh, some of those things. And that is very different, too, than someone who has a heart to achieve, someone who has a a heart to go, someone who has a heart. uh, This shouldn't be mistaken as we talk about being content in our hearts of gratefulness and, and understanding contentment and where that applies in our lives to being mistaken for someone who wants to achieve. I, I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for your life, and we should achieve our dreams, and we should strive to do whatever it is, but contentment deals with something very different, and that is in our heart. Those are the things that we need or think we need in order to be satisfied, when really all we need is what Amber just said. She just, we just need a relationship with Jesus. We just need an encounter with him. We just need to understand who he is. John the Baptist begins to deal with some of the hurting people of his day. And he deals with their greed so they could, because these people were in, 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 in many ways in practice putting a burden on others for their own gain. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 3, verse 10 through 12, beginning with verse 10. It says, and the crowds asked him, what then shall we do? And he answered them, whoever has two tunics is to share with him and who ha- with those who have none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. Then the tax collectors also came uh, to be baptized and said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, collect no more than you are authorized to do. Soldiers also came and asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, do not extort money from anyone by threats or by false accusations, and be content with your wages. Here we see, we read verse 10 through 14. If you go back to verse 9, uh, John the Baptist is giving an incredible message and he's telling the people that the ax is already to the root and there is going to be a sifting that, that would take place and those who are unfruitful will be taken. And all of a sudden, the crowds, the tax collectors, 
and the soldiers are now coming to him. It's kind of like the, this, this uh, early time uh, altar call. He gave the message. He told the people what it was. And then they came and said, what do we do? And he told the people, listen, if you have, a, a, if you have two tunics and someone doesn't have one, give to them. If you have food and someone is without, give to them. If you're a tax collector, stop taxing more. Only tax on what you have the authority to ask for. Soldiers in that time who would create false allegations to solicit a bribe from someone so that they wouldn't go to jail. He said, stop that. Stop treating others badly in order for your gain. Something inside of them wanted more. Something inside of them maybe wasn't quite as content because here, John the Baptist begins to deal with contentment and he talks to them about the importance of having a heart that is content. A heart that has contentment in it. Uh, there's a, a band that has a song titled Someone to Love. The band's name is Fountains of Wayne and they have a song titled Someone to Love. In that it tells a story of two individuals, a young man and a young lady who go to college, go, go off and, and, and get hired, have an incredible job. Uh, in fact, the girl receives her dream job. But at the end of the day, she goes home alone. And at the end of the day, when she walks into that moment, they are alone and she's alone. And the girl's dream job all of a sudden sits there, and these are the lyrics that she goes home and just sits there alone. There's something wrong that she just can't describe. The solution goes on in this song to share that they need, what their answer is, is they need someone to love. In this song, it literally lays out, you can have all of these things, you can have the best job and all of these things, but at the end of the day, if you go home alone, home alone, you need someone to love. I think that they, they hit it right that there's a deep need inside of each and every one of us to be loved and to share love. That's why Jesus Christ came. He sent his son so that you and I would experience the greatest, purest form of love that there is, and that is a godly love. I, I think they miss the mark slightly when they, when they kind of land on the solution to that, because I believe we don't just need a relationship with another person. I believe the only place that you and I can find true love, true fulfillment, true contentment is in a relationship with Jesus. He is the only one who satisfies our soul. He is the only one who will bring true joy and contentment. And it starts with a choice by you and I, first of all, of course, to walk in relationship with Jesus. Secondly, to have a heart, I believe, of gratitude. We need to transform our hearts of discontentment to hearts that are full of thanks. In fact, I want to show you this. I believe this with all of my heart. Your life can be rich without you being wealthy. We are taught from a very young age, from everything that we see, that the key to happiness is somehow by amassing something, whether it's things or wealth, whatever it is. My mom, she was funny. And she had this saying that she said, and she said it quite often in a very humorous way. She would say, well, they say that money won't buy you happiness but I sure would love to give it a try. 
Anybody else thought that? Come on, I like to give it a go. I'll give it a go. Let me see if it really, really happens. I remember uh, as she would say that, she had a, a number of things that she uh, would say. So, so funny in that. And, and she would always, always say that, you know. She would say, you can't be too rich, too tall, or too good looking. You can never be too rich, too tall, or too good looking. She was someone who, in a very unique way, taught us the truths about life. That was humor, because we all know that true happiness and joy doesn't come from all of those things. And as I began to grow and learn and and understand just kind of uh, life, something inside of us begins to transform. I remember in my own life, something began to transform. When my eyes did not look and fixate on the things that I wanted. It was very difficult, of course, growing up. And, and there's things we want. I want a bike, I want a toy, I want a thing, I want that, I want that. My brother has that, because he has it, I want that. Whatever it is, there's this deep desire that we look with our eyes and we begin to want what we think will bring us happiness or bring us contentment, whatever that thing might be. And then something begins to transform. Uh, talked about it uh, just this week. And, and you know, as I, I grew up, of course, we, we want things and, and we do that. And then as we get older, there comes this point in our lives where things change. When you have a family, all of a sudden it's like, I don't want anything. I just want to make sure my kids are taken care of. I want to bless them. I want them to experience what it, what it is. I want to make sure all of their needs. Dad, what do you want for Christmas? I don't want anything for Christmas. I have all the ties I need. I just want to make sure that you have something. Church, we have so much to be thankful for. We don't have to continually seek after the latest and greatest thing. Instead, listen to this, all we have to do is seek Christ because he satisfies. He satisfies every need, every want, every desire. There is nothing that we can. So how do we get to this point? How do we capture this elusive notion that the Bible brings about living a life of contentment, especially in a world that is hurting, broken, that when we experience pain, we don't maybe know how to deal with it correctly, or, or maybe we take that and we, we internalize it, and, and there's those, those fears that begin to swell up. There's worry that begins to, to swell in our, our hearts and our lives and we don't understand and we're searching for something we're searching for this deep down desire to belong to to have a sense of belonging we're all striving for a sense of worth and many times those things are wrapped up in in things that are that are beyond the scope of what really bring true joy and if you and I were honest with ourselves we we would look deep in our hearts deep in our soul deep in our life and if we understood this simple principle that all we have to do is seek Christ. And when we seek him, he brings satisfaction like you have never experienced before. Joy. Peace. Contentment are something that can only come 
from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have walked into this place today, or if you are watching right now online, maybe you walked into this place and you're carrying a burden. Maybe you're hurting from some events taking place in your life. Maybe you are right now, you find yourself in a pit of despair. We sang it this morning. I want to declare it again this morning. The King is here. Jesus is here today to meet you right where you are at. Jesus is here. We don't need anything else. Jesus is here. I love what Pastor Brian said. If we are one word away from our miracle, how come we're not speaking that word? Come on, let's declare it today. Let's declare it. First thing we see is our lives can be very rich without being wealthy. Number two, in order to experience a life full of contentment, we have to stop comparing ourselves to others. This can lead to the greatest source of discontentment. It's the watching and wishing we were or had or did or made different choices. We can look back on our past. We've all done it. You look back at a decision you made and say, what was I thinking? Why did I do that? Man, if I would have only made a different decision. Come on, how many of you have a decision that you wish you could go back and flip the script on right now? If we could do that. The problem is we cannot allow ourselves to be so tied down with the mistakes of our past that we never get to step into our present or our future because we are so tied to the discontentment and the hurt of something that took place in our past. I want you to know that if you walked in with any discontentment, any hurt or pain, I believe in this moment God can touch your heart. You can walk out of here set free by the power of of Jesus Christ today. William Penn said, the secret of happiness is to count your blessings while others are adding up their troubles. What a powerful, powerful statement. Most people count their troubles first and have no balance sheet whatsoever for the hundreds of blessings in their lives. Luke 3, here some soldiers and some tax collectors are asking John the Baptist after hearing the message, how do we live? How does this affect me? How does this change my life? I pray that you will allow the word of the Lord to go in deep into your heart and your life and you would ask the very same question that I asked this week. Lord, how does this change my life? How can I live a life more full of contentment? He tells us in, in Luke chapter 3 verse uh, 14, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations and be content. Everyone say content. Come on, say content. He says, be content with your wages. The point here I think we can all relate to is to be satisfied in that moment. He's telling them, the tax collectors and the soldiers, be, be content with what you make. 
Stop extorting for more and and being greedy and asking him for more and more and putting a burden on the people. Oh, this is not talking about don't pursue a a better job or maybe a raise or, or, or another position in the company. He's not saying be satisfied with where you're at. See, that's that, that achieve. I believe God's called us to achieve. He's called us to thrive. He's called us to be blessed. But there's a deep-seated thing in our heart that sometimes he's speaking to in this, then, and he's talking to them, and we just kind of get to look in at this picture. The point here is that he's in this moment telling them that contentment is the opposite of being covetous. The Greek word used here in Luke 3.14 is the word archeo. This word, listen to this. This is what this word means. This Greek word says this, to be possessed of unfailing strength. Oh, I would love to have that. Not get tired. Unfailing strength. I get tired so fast. Does that continue as we get older? It does. It does. Can it just stop right here? No. I guess allowing that to happen is definitely better than the alternative, right? I wish we could make that. That that incredible word means to have a possess an unfailing strength, to be strong, to suffice. Listen, to be enough. To be enough, content, to be strong. Contentment equals strength. To be strong and to know that in him, I am enough. We are enough. It goes on. This is the the definition. To defend and to ward off, to be satisfied to be contented, to have unfailing strength, to be strong enough, to defend and ward off, and to be satisfied, to be contented. Lord, let a spirit of contentment fall upon your people today that would be so, so etched in our hearts and our lives and the way that we live, the John the Baptist here tells them, be generous. Bless those who don't have any. Give, oh, the Bible is full of those incredible promises that we know so true. When we take care of the poor, when we take care of the needy, when we take care of those who have need, if, with, if we see a need and we, 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 we strive to, to jump in and be a part, of course, not all situations are enjoyable, but it takes a lot of strength to be able to count your blessings in the midst of a storm, to count your blessings when things aren't going your way, to count your blessings when you're in a teen challenge center like Amber and you've been told that you have to have a liver transplant to continue to live and go on and say, I don't care if I live six months or 40 years, I'm gonna serve the Lord. There's an incredible, incredible spirit there. God, whatever you have for this people, Lord, for us as your people, followers of Christ, may we understand the power of contentment. In order to understand this word, I want to share it in two other verses very quickly. Hebrews chapter uh, 13, verse 5 says, Let your conversations be without covetousness. 
covetousness, and be content with such things as you have, for he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, that's an incredible promise for you and I today. We serve a God who said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so be content for such things you have because I'm with you. Come on, how many of you know, if we have him, we have everything that we need. He brings a, he put a roof over our head. We have a place to lay our head. We have indoor plumbing, remember? We have so many things. We have water that comes right into our house. Hopefully through the drains, and, or, or through the pipes, not through the drains, right? Let's clarify. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> we, I don't know if you've been... Some of, we've been there. I've been there. Thank you, Lord. So this passage gives us two commands and a reason. Two commands and a reason for being able to do these commands. The first command, he tells us, be without covetousness. Be without. That's pretty fairly straightforward. Another translation says, do not uh, have a love for money. Do not allow it to consume you, for you to always desire to have more. Be content with such things, he says. So the first command is to be without, to not covet, to, don't, to not desire what others have. He, he, he never says, of course, to love possessions. In fact, he says the opposite. He tells us not to love them. The next command in this, in this verse, he tells us to be content which is a little more positive. He says, listen, listen don't, don't covet, be content. And it seems these two verses are related because together it gives us this, this incredible reasoning. This is the reason. If you don't covet, then you will be content. But if you covet, you will never be content. You will never be satisfied. You will never experience true peace in the midst of a storm. When you're walking through the storm and the battle is raging, are you running to and fro? Are you trying to figure it out? Are you bailing water? Or maybe you need to, in the midst of the bailing water, hopefully not in your house, hallelujah, we'll say that again, blessing on all of your homes. In the midst of it, are we running to and fro, trying to figure it out, do it in our own strength? Have we been able to find the peaceful calm in the midst of the storm, knowing that my God is able? God's got this. God's got this. God's got this. There is nothing that he has not God, he has got you in the palm of his hand. He knows you by name. He knows your situation. He knows what's going on in your family. He knows what's happening behind closed doors that nobody else in the world knows and you wouldn't want them to know. But he knows. And I tell you, in the midst of that storm, he wants to speak peace wants to speak. Be still. 1 Timothy 6, 
6 through 8 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, and we can take nothing out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. We've probably all heard it. You can't take it with you. How often have we heard this? And, and when we have, you know, it doesn't matter if it's an accomplishment or a possession or whatever it is, there's nothing that we brought into the world and there's nothing that we can take out. Contentment is the way that we have here on earth to let go of those things, the attachments of this world. God, I pray that you would break every attachment to this world in our lives, that we wouldn't be attached to the things of this world. We would become attached to the things of God. We'd be attached to his promises. We would be attached to his goodness. We would be attached to his mercy. Contentment It's a way of letting go those attachments here today. And finally, as we close, if you want true contentment in your life, I challenge you today with number three. Learn to compliment rather than complain. Learn to compliment rather than complain. Today, O oh Lord, give us a heart to bless someone. Give us a heart to speak life into someone. Give, give us the ability to draw the good out of people. May we be people who learn contentment. When we have contentment, you want to know what's hap- what happens? When we don't have contentment, all of a sudden maybe there's a rivalry. Maybe there's someone that we don't get along with and, and we're always at odds with. And there's, there's a, a battle that's going on. And instead of wanting to bless them, we want to cut them down. We kind of want to knock them down. Come on. Just me? Nobody else has been there? I want to cut you down to size. You want to... You want... And what happens is, is in our hearts, when our, our heart's desire is to knock them down, someone who has contentment has peace. Pastor Kelly said it earlier today, I know who you say that I am. Not what other people say. And so even those that may cause me pain, even those that cause me hurt, I can speak a blessing on their life. See, I don't want to do that. You kind of do. You kind of do. Because it affects you. Can I let you in on a secret? By speaking blessing over those that hurt you, did you know that it does something? It heaps coals upon, oh, it heaps spiritually, not physically, not real. It causes them to go, wow, 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 I see Jesus in you. Isn't that the goal? Wow, I see hope in you. Wow, I see joy in you. Wow, I see something in you that's missing in me. It may cause them to hate you more because you have something that they desire. But the Lord has called us to bless, to bless, to bless, to compliment rather than complain. Please, I encourage you, examine your heart. Do not be someone who walks into work tomorrow morning and is the chief complainer of all the problems and all the things, whether it's at the company or with a coworker. God has called you 
you better. He has called you to rise above that. He's called you to compliment. He's called you to bless. He's called you to share victory and joy and smile and be full of joy. Don't be a part of the problem that's going on in this world. Be a part of the solution. God has called us to be the voice of Him. He wants to speak through you to those outside who don't know Him. Compliment. Compliment. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He is right here for you. In the presence, in this moment, that Jesus enables us to be content. I want you to know I believe it with all my heart like never before. We need Jesus because he's the only one who can satisfy our deepest needs. We need to practice gratitude every single day. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to speak it. Speak it and it will be. Say it out loud. I am thankful for what? I am thankful. Don't just think it. Speak it. Allow your voice to declare what you are thankful for. I am telling you something. This simple thing from God's word in Luke chapter 3 and Hebrews and 1 Timothy will change your life because the greatest change is when it changes our heart. It changes our attitude. Yeah, we look at the world. Come on. There's a lot of changes that we need to see happen, but God's not called us all to do what here's where it starts. The start is right here inside of me. Change my heart. So I encourage you, speak thankfulness. Speak gratitude. For this right here, you will find is true. Our hearts are restless until they find rest in you. Augustine, said it so clearly, so well. Our hearts will always be restless until they find rest in you. Does your heart rest in Jesus today? Are you still searching for a home? Are you still searching? He can satisfy you in a way that nothing or no one else can in this life. Only Jesus can satisfy our soul. I invite each and every one of you to stand to your feet all across this room. Worship team, would you just come? We're going to close our service and our time together today with a prayer. We're going to ask God to do something incredible in our midst, and we're going to sing this song and make it a declaration to the Lord. We're going to call out on his name, but before we do, as the worship team comes, as you're standing here, every head bowed and every eye closed, all across this room today, if you are here and you say, Pastor Kurt, before we close the service and before we pray, I ask you in this moment, would you pray for me? Because I have a spirit. I, I need God to transform my heart from a heart of discontent to a heart of contentment. I, I, I see that today and I, I want that. I want to have a positive attitude. I want to I understand who he is in my life and I need that contentment. 
If that's you, no one looking around, if that's you right now, come on, would you just extend your hand to heaven all across this room? Wow, if that's you, I need that heart. I need that touch. God, I need you to cause me to live like like John the Baptist was declaring to the people in that word. God, I pray over your people in this moment. God, I pray that we would be people of life. We would be people of hope. God, you see each and every one of these hands that are raised. And God, that is you stirring their heart. I pray right now that you would revolutionize their heart, revolutionize their spirit. God, I pray that we would rise up in this moment and be counted on and be called by you. God, I pray that the world would begin to change and let it start with me. Let it start. Make that your declaration. Let it start with me. God, give me a heart of contentment in Jesus' name. Father, I pray right now as we worship you, God, that our spirits would be filled with your presence in Jesus' name. Come on, let's declare this to the Lord together this morning.
Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise the King today. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that today you would make that declaration. Come on, everybody say, yes, I will. Yes, I will. In the lowest valley, the highest mountain. Yes, I will. I pray as you go today that this word would literally be with you this entire week. That we may walk in his joy, his peace, his contentment. Share the love of the Lord with those around you. If you have need today, if you want to Whatever it is that you have need of, we here at Saginaw First, we want to walk with you. If you need to uh, learn about a relationship with Jesus, come and see one of us. Stop by the Welcome Center. We would love, love, love to walk this incredible journey with you. Come on. God is great. Amen. Be blessed. Have an awesome day. We'll see you next week.